Welcome to the Coast Life Church Podcast. For more videos, messages, and content, be sure to subscribe to our channels on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube for a great way to stay connected throughout the week. Tune in as Pastor Jason brings this week's message from our series, The Cone of Uncertainty. And the second thing that I'm excited to get to bring to you is our, our first collection of sermons for this year. And we're, we're beginning a, a four weeks of talking about the cone of uncertainty. How many of you have some hopes and dreams in your life? Just have some things that you're believing God for. Um, maybe they're things that have been around for a long time, and you're wondering, when is it going to happen? When, when are some things going to take place? And uh, the cone of uncertainty came, came to me months ago. I don't even remember exactly when it was, but uh, the, the month. But like many of you, I was watching Hurricane Dorian. Anybody remember Dorian last year? And it was threatening Florida. And unfortunately, it really did a lot of damage to the Bahamas, but kind of got up close to us and took a turn. And I was watching the weather and I'd never heard this phrase before. Maybe I'd missed it. Maybe it's just something new the media is using to hype hurricanes in our, in our world. But it was, they, they called it the cone of uncertainty. And it was their guess at where the hurricane was going to go. And I just thought, the moment I heard the phrase, the cone of uncertainty, I'm like, that's a sermon series right there. Because that's pretty much life. It's the cone of uncertainty. I, I know what I'm hoping I know what I'm expecting, but I don't know where this is going to go. And I was sitting there watching this. And at one point, the cone of uncertainty had these timelines like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It could go here. It could go here. It could go there. And, and the cone of uncertainty at one point reached up into Georgia and stretched all the way down to South Florida into Miami. And I thought, that's a, that's a lot of uncertainty. Like I, I need a little more assurance than that. There's a big difference. Like it could hit Georgia or it could hit Florida. Like those are two different states. I'm not for sure if they're aware of that. Like people live in different places. It's kind of like going in for a sonogram and they're like, hey, it's a boy or maybe a girl. <laughs> One of those two. You know what I mean? It's like going to your stock advisor and they're like, hey, stocks are going to go up or down. We're pretty sure it's going to be one of those one of those two things. It's like the chef bringing out, your, bringing out your chicken, going, hey, your chicken's done. Or it may have salmonella. Not for sure on which of the two situations is going on there, but I'm reasonably confident that it's one of those two things. The cone of uncertainty, just, just this idea of I'm hoping that maybe by Monday it'll be here. Maybe it's going to be here. And I, I think when we roll into a year like 2020, there's many of us who are looking out at the cone of uncertainty thinking, will this be the year that this happens? Will this be the year that if you're single that you meet someone, find the person that God has for you? If this is the 2020, is this the year that, that maybe some of the hard work pays off and I get an opportunity that I've been praying for? Maybe this is the year that that you're hoping you will step into a purpose for your life, that, that you know it's there, but you just don't know when it's going to happen. Or maybe for many of us in this room, you're, you're like me, and you, you've been praying for some things maybe for five years. Maybe you've been praying for 10 years. For some of you in this room, you've been praying for 20 years for something. You're, you're looking at this year, 
saying, will 2020 be the year that I see God come in to this moment and into the circumstance? It creates for us the, the cone of uncertainty because I would love to give you a lot more assurance than I can give you today. But I will tell you this, I can't predict exactly how 2020 will go, but I can predict that we have a good God who is over this year. And the Bible talks about this idea that God is a God of seasons. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, he says this, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And then it's gonna list Every possible season, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to, you see where this is going? Gather stones together, time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, that's for all the extroverts. A time to speak, that's for all the introverts. A time to love, a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. How many of you know that God is a God of seasons? That he's the God that is over seasons. That he's the one that turns the seasons. And there are seasons in this life, and I'm not for sure where you're at in the seasons of your life, but I know that you're walking through the seasons of this life. It's how God has ordered the world. But the Bible doesn't just end with this idea that we're in seasons. It tells us that God is the God of the seasons. In fact, Ecclesiastes, if you read a few more verses down, this is from the Amplified Version, says he has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. And he has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Hey, you know that thing that's in your heart? There's nothing in the world that can satisfy it. There's only one that can satisfy it. Nothing can satisfy except God, yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done, his overall plan from beginning to end. Can I just summarize this for you? I don't know how 2020 is gonna go. I do know this, though. I do know that we have an incredible God who has placed dreams inside of your heart because he's placed the eternal purpose of God in the heart of humanity. It's why when you watch a movie, every movie that you watch, even, even among groups of people who don't acknowledge God, it will, will put into every movie uh, this desire of a romance of one person wanting a significant relationship with another person. Why is that? It's because God has put eternity in the hearts of men. Why is it every movie is evil triumphant, is good triumphing over evil? Why is every movie about the underdog overcoming uh, incredible circumstances? It's because even without acknowledging God, God's already put eternal things on the heart of man and on the inside of us are things that God has planted there himself. And even without acknowledging 
acknowledging God, it's there. But the problem is, is the only one that can bring it to fruition is the one who put it there, and his name is Jesus. And I just want to tell you, there's some things rolling around in your heart. There's some purpose in you. There's some desire for longing in you and belonging in you and wanting relationships. There's some desires in you wanting to take down some goals. There's some ambition on you, in you, that maybe it's not selfish ambition. Maybe it's some God-given ambition that he's put a dream on the heart of you, that he's given you a dream for a, a business, that he's given you a vision for something greater in your life. And I just want to tell you, we may, not, we may not be able to understand the ways of God and know from beginning to end, but I know that God's placed something on the inside of you, and he is the God that owns it, and he is the God of seasons, that, that God placed it there. That that's given to you, that, that desire to pray for something. Come on, somebody. That's the divine purposes, the eternal plan of God beating in our hearts today, telling us we were designed by purpose for God to do something on this earth other than exist, and that's to extend the plans of God through our lives together. But he said the problem is, is humanity has a little situation. We cannot fathom the overall plan of God from beginning to end. In other words, we know God's put some stuff here, but we don't understand how or why God does some things. How many of you know that we serve a, a fairly mysterious God? I'm fully convinced that sometimes God just does stuff just to show us he's sovereign and we're not. <laughs> he is a very sovereign God. And the problem with seasons is we don't really know when things are going to happen. I'd love to get up and just prophesy like everything that's in your heart is going to come to pass in 2020. That would be really fun. But I can't in honesty and integrity do that because I don't, I don't own the seasons. God does. And I think that's one of the hardest things about life, especially if you're going through a difficult season in your life. That's one of the things I hate about going through trials and tribulations is I think it would be easier if God just sentenced us to a prison sentence. Because at least then I would know like, hey, I'm going to do three years of hard labor for God. And I can, I, can sit in my, I can sit in my misery and I can sing swing low, sweet chariot. And I can mark on the walls the days and I can say in five years it'll be over. But that's the problem, right? Is we get up every day thinking, is this the day that the season's going to turn? Is this the day that the prison door is going to open and I'm going to get out of this situation? And the reality is, is we don't have a guarantee of when the season's going to end. And I think that's one of the challenges of doing things and trying to believe God for great things. Because if we're not careful, we can miss the timing of God. We can, we can hurry the timing of God. And I've learned something over the years is the Bible says this, that God makes everything beautiful in his time. And I've learned this, that when I hurry something, it turns ugly real quick. That when I, when I hurry what God is wanting to do, when I rush it, I make a mess of it. I tried to start Coast Life Church about five years before it was supposed to be started. It was two years of the, uh, of the worst season of my life because I knew that God had placed this church in my heart. And an opportunity came 
for me to lead another church in another place. It wasn't my place. It wasn't my time. It wasn't my season. I didn't have a grace to do it, but because I was young and stupid and I had a dream in my heart, I went and tried to make, I foolishly thought I can make it happen and make it come to pass in this place because if God's put it on my heart, then it'll come to pass. And I didn't realize something is that when you try to rush something that it's not its season, it turns ugly real fast. Turns ugly. And, and when you try to rush things, you're, you're doing something, and that is you're hitting up against an opposition. And a lot of times when we hit opposition, we start speaking to mountains, right? Like, I'm going I'm to speak to this mountain and tell it to be removed and get cast into the sea. That's, that's all well and good. That's biblical. But here's the thing you got to make sure. You got to make sure the mountain isn't God himself. Because I want to promise you, God is a mountain you're never going to move. You're never going to move God. He's going to stay there. And you can fight against God. And you can work against God. And you can try to force things to happen in your life. But God is never going to be manipulated by us. He's never going to be forced into doing something. Because he doesn't allow us to control the seasons. He's the sovereign God that controls the seasons. But the book of James says it this way. That God resists the proud. That when we get in our pride. And we think we're owed something. And that God has to do something for us. And that this is my season. And I'm going to make it happen right now. And I don't need the blessing of God. God is a mountain you can't move but James said God resists the proud but he gives grace to the humble and when we take the decision that we're going to just wait on God that's what in the humility of waiting God brings the grace for us to move from one season to another season and I don't know what season you're waiting on but I want to tell you when God does it it will be beautiful in its time because God doesn't make a mistake on season. It'll be beautiful in its time. God, God will give the grace in humility to take the steps into the new seasons that God has for you. And I think that's one of the hardest parts is waiting. The second thing that we do with the timing of God is we miss the timing of God because we're waiting on better circumstances. Ecclesiastes says it this way, 11 and 4. It says, he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. In other words, it says this. If you're waiting for the perfect day to go out and sow some seed, take some action, you're never going to go out and sow the seed because the perfect day is never going to come. If you're waiting for the exact right circumstances to go out and the harvest is ready and you're waiting for the exact right season to go out and reap the harvest, you're never going to find the perfect day of 75 degrees, gentle breezes, low humidity. You're never going to find that day. So you're never going to go get the harvest because the reality is this, is that God isn't waiting on perfect circumstances. He's waiting on perfect timing. And if you only wait for perfect circumstances, you get in this moment where you're waiting for the circumstances to be right. And I want to tell you, when God's ready to move, it doesn't, it's not determined by your circumstances. It's determined by the timing of God. And sometimes we miss the timing of God because the season isn't right, because we're looking for perfect circumstances. I'm waiting for everything to get lined up in my life. And I just want to tell you, I've never had enough time to do what God called me to do. I've never, I've never had enough money 
to do what God called me to do. When we set out to build this building, we were woefully inadequate financially. And we just felt like God was leading us on this journey. And we started out with no money and we finished with no money, but we finished in Jesus' name. Like we got there. And I'm not telling you to take some financial risk or be foolish with your money, but I am telling you this, that perfect circumstances and beautiful moments aren't the same thing. And let's don't get confused thinking that God is in my circumstances. No, God is above your circumstances and he's not waiting for life to get okay for you for him to determine what he wants to do in your life so it's too bad that you got kids God still wants to use your life I'm sorry you're busy but God still wants to work his purpose in your life and I'm sorry that work is busy and crazy it doesn't matter what the circumstances are and we deal with it all the time people feel like they're unqualified you're always going to feel unqualified people feel like they haven't been in church long enough you've never been in church long enough. People don't feel like they're righteous enough. You're never going to be righteous enough. God isn't measuring what he wants to do in your life on your circumstances. He's measuring it by his eternal purpose in your life. And if your circumstances aren't perfect, don't think it can't be beautiful because it's the season of God. His grace will make it beautiful in its time. It'll be beautiful. Don't, don't wait for perfect circumstances. Wait for the timing of God. Don't rush God, but don't miss God by thinking that God has to work through your circumstances. We deal with it so much, man. Leaders don't want to step into leadership because they don't feel qualified or they don't feel like they've been in church long enough. It's like, hey, you got a Bible? Read that. Do some ministry. Let's go. Come on, somebody. Let's go. Let's do what God has called us to do. When God opens the door and it's not you making it happen and it's God making it happen, don't base it on your circumstances. Just base it on the grace of God that it will be beautiful in its time. Because when God is ready, there is a waiting on God. But when God is ready, how many of you know that it doesn't take God a long time to do something? That God is, God is the God of suddenly. That's a word that you'll find throughout the Bible. In fact, this is an old, church, old school church word, but I still believe that he's the God of the breakthrough. That's why we create worship moments like, like we create, because in that moment, there could be things that have taken 20 years to come to pass, but God can do them instantly. Like I, I believe in healing by process, but I also believe that God can instantly heal somebody's body. I believe that you can dig your way out of financial debt and there may be a process to that, but I also believe that God's mercy and grace can come in and deliver you instantaneously. I believe you can go to counseling and get help with some addiction and you can overcome it. I also still believe that God can step in and instantaneously deliver you from your addiction because he is the God of the breakthrough. In fact, Isaiah says it this way in Isaiah 48 and 3. He said, long ago, I told you what was going to happen. Then suddenly I took action. And all my predictions came true. I, I told you about it a long time ago. I put it in your heart. I put it on the inside of you. And it took a long time. But suddenly, I did what I told you I would do. For some of us, we're looking at this year, we're sitting in the cone of uncertainty. And I, I don't know when, 
But I do know this. I do know the promises of God are sure. And I do know when God gets ready to move, it doesn't take him a long time to fulfill what he's put in your heart to do. And we mistake sometimes the timing of God because we roll into a year thinking, man, maybe God's got it on his calendar that, that 2020 is the year that he's really going to bless me. I, God's going to do me good this year. And that's kind of the mentality like that God has this celestial calendar and, and, and there's a date that's going to roll around. And when that date gets here, that's my moment. And that's, that's not necessarily how the Bible describes the seasons of God. Paul said it this way in Galatians 4, 4. He said, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. In the fullness of time, that, that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That God had planned it long ago that Jesus would be our savior. But in the fullness of time, he sent forth his son. We just celebrated this verse. We just celebrated the birth of Christ on December 25th, little side note, we don't really know when Jesus was born. Probably wasn't December 25th, but it's a good day to celebrate Jesus. Kids are out of school, so we just go with it. I love it. Okay, I was gonna, we don't know when, but we do know this. God didn't have December 25th, 2,000 years ago on a calendar, and when December 25th got there, that's not what the verse says. The verse says, in the fullness of time. That God was waiting and waiting and waiting for the right circumstances, for the right people with the right hearts who would respond to him in the right season. And when that season came, then God sent his son into the world, that he brought his son into the world. And, and when you read the word fullness in the Bible, it, it gives us a word picture. This is how it plays out when you read this in the Bible. The word fullness describes an empty cargo ship, a, a, a ship that is just ready to be loaded with cargo and it's empty. And fullness is taking a box and putting it on the cargo ship. And taking another box and putting it on the cargo ship. And it's building time that it's getting filled. And then when the cargo ship gets filled, it sets sail. And when it says that in the fullness of time Christ came, God was just letting each moment build and build and build until finally the ship begin to set sail. And here's what I want to tell you is that in this year, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's not just God that determines the seasons. It's also us that determines the seasons. And sometimes we're not waiting on God. Sometimes God is waiting on us to just simply take the actions that we need to take to begin to load the ship of our life and begin to create the atmosphere of our life. That's why I want to tell you the things that you're doing is not wasted because God isn't waiting on a day on a calendar. He's waiting on a circumstance in your life for you to get to a place where he can begin to set sail on some things in your world. That's why every moment that we spend in this room worshiping together and we lift our hands and we're in the presence of God, it's just loading another box on the ship saying, God is filling up my life. Every moment I get together with a together group and I get better together because I'm doing life with the people of God. I'm putting another box on the cargo ship. Every time I put God first in my final 
finances. I'm just loading another box on the cargo ship. Every time I open up my Bible and I start getting the toxicity of the world out and I start putting the word of God in, I'm loading another box on the cargo ship. Every time I get down on my knees and I stop being self-dependent and I start being God-reliant, it's just loading another box on the cargo ship. And at some point, the time is going to get full. And when it gets full, what God said he will do and he will do it suddenly because I may not be in control of the seasons, but I am in control of the atmosphere of my life. And that's why Paul and Silas could not make an earthquake happen in a prison, but they could fill a prison with praise. And when the prison got full, suddenly God sent an earthquake that shook loose the prison doors. That's why nobody could cause the Holy Spirit to fall, but there were some disciples who could gather in the upper room and they could fill the place with prayer. And when and they were praying, suddenly there was a sound like a rushing mighty wind that filled the house where they were sitting. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Let's make 2020 the year of just loading my life with the goodness of God, with the promises of God, with the presence of God, with faith in a God that will never disappoint me, that will never let me down, who's never failed, and he's not going to start with my life. And I don't know when, but I'm just going to keep loading the ship of my life. And suddenly, dreams take off. Suddenly vision comes to pass because we serve the God of the breakthrough. Just, just stand with me, I'm closing. Suddenly. I don't know when sudden, suddenly takes a long time sometimes. But he still is the God of the sudden. We're not waiting on 2020. Come on, somebody. We're right now in this moment. Loading. <laughs> Receiving the word of God building faith in our life, getting in the Word of God. I'm going to get mature so that I can receive the blessings of God. I'm going to grow up in God so that I can be who He wants me to be. So there's some things in my life, some eternal plans and purpose that He's going to, he's going to bring it to pass. We may be living in uncertain times, but we have a certain God. And he, will, he will never fail you. The lie of the enemy is this. Here's the lie of the enemy. Is if it takes a long time, then it's getting worse and worse. That if it delays, then it means it's either never gonna happen, or when it happens, it's gonna, it's gonna be too late. By the time, who cares now, right? Time is working against me. If I have to wait on God a little while, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Isaiah said it this way, 40 and 31, he said, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Listen, waiting isn't making you weeder, weaker. Waiting is making you stronger and stronger and stronger. And I just want to speak into somebody's life. 
You're tempted to rush into a relationship. You're tempted to rush into opportunities. I want to tell you something. Waiting isn't making you weaker. Waiting is making you stronger and stronger and stronger. And time is not working against you. Time is on your side because you serve the God of seasons and He is a good God. And our faith is not in our circumstances. Our faith isn't in the opportunities that come our way. Our faith is in a good God who does good things at the right time. And when He does it, everything is beautiful in its time. He makes it beautiful. Come on, give Jesus some praise in the room today. And it's, it's the lie of the enemy. It's the lie of the enemy that while you're waiting, it's getting worse. It's getting weaker. It's not going to be as good. And I want to tell you, that's just the lie of the enemy because he wants you to give up and he wants you to quit before you get to the moment of suddenly. But Paul said it this way in Galatians 6, 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Come on, somebody. Let's just keep loading the ship with faithfulness. Let's just keep loading it with prayer. Let's just be loading it with generosity. Let's be loading it with serving in God's house. Let's be loading it with the Word of God. Let's load it with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Don't know when my breakthrough's coming, but I know it's coming because He is the God of seasons, and it doesn't take Him a long time to fulfill what He's put in my heart. prayer for you because you'll just take this year. Listen, don't, don't wait for some mysterious date. Get your life ready. Load in the things of God. Watch God in His seasons. Do exceedingly and abundantly above what you could ask things or imagine. It doesn't take Him a long time. The Bible talks a lot about waiting on God, but there's actually one thing the Bible says not to wait for. There's not a lot of urgency in the Bible. There's a lot of patience as a fruit of the Spirit, waiting on God, being still, quieting your soul, getting in the presence of God. A lot of that in the Bible. But there's one thing, there's one thing the Bible says not to wait for. And that it places an urgency on this. It says that today is the day of salvation. That's the one thing that the Bible says be urgent about. Don't, don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't wait because we don't know how many times God's grace is going to be extended to our hearts and our lives. We don't know how many more moments we're going to have in the presence of God. We don't know how many times God's going to come and knock on the door of our heart and extend the offer of salvation and grace and goodness. And so the Bible says that when you get the moment, take it. That's the moment to lean into God's grace and God's goodness. Can I tell you that I'm believing for somebody in this room right here today that they're not starting a new year. They're starting a new life in Jesus Christ. That they're going to take the opportunity. They're going to receive the grace of God. Maybe today you're here and you've never begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what the best day to do that is? This day. To, to do it with urgency. To receive the grace of God. I'm going to lead us in a prayer this morning. If you've never prayed a prayer to receive Christ, maybe you need to recommit your life to Jesus. This is your moment. Now, I'm going to say the prayer, but I'm just giving you the words so you can pray them out of your heart. Just so you know that you're not alone as you, as you step across the line of faith. This whole, this whole room full of people 
are going to say this prayer with me because we're standing with you in this moment as you claim the grace of God for your life. Come on, all across this room. This is your moment. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you now. Forgive me of my sin. Wash away my past. Make me a new person. Today I receive you. I will follow you. I will walk in your path. I will follow your ways. I declare that you are my leader and you are my Lord. And I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. Come on, let's give God some praise in the room right now. celebrate you today on the count of three. One, two, if that was you, three. Shoot your hand up, shoot your hand up all over the room today. Come on. Come on, can we say welcome home to all of those that are praying up here? Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. And a great big thank you to all of those who financially support the ministry of Coast Life Church. Your generosity is helping us and resourcing us to bring God's word into people's hearts and lives. And if you've never given and would like to, you can go to mycoastlifechurch.com forward slash give. And just know that you're resourcing and equipping us to bring the encouragement of God's word into people's lives. Another way that you can make a difference is by simply hitting the subscribe button. Just know that means so much to us to know that you're leaning in to the Word of God. And a great big thing that you can do is hit the share button. Let other people know that there is encouragement and God's Word is there to resource them because we're here just to lead people into abundant life in Christ so they can experience life on top of life on top of life. God bless you.